Thank you, Brother John Quill, for that special. We're taking our Bibles this morning and looking at Mark chapter number four. Mark chapter number four. Now, I know this is different. It is different for you. It is different for me. And uh, this is what God has for us. And so let's tackle Scripture. We're jumping outside of the sermon series that we have been studying uh, and going to look at just a different passage this morning. A passage that has been encouraging to me uh, while going through trials and difficulties. And it's my prayer this morning uh, that the Holy Spirit would use the Word uh, to help us, to guide us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, and also to challenge us here today. Mark chapter number 4. And we're looking at verses 35 through 41. Follow along with me. And the same day when even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. I'd like to speak on this subject this morning, lessons while living through a storm. Lessons while living through a storm. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the opportunity this morning to look at your word, to learn from your word, and God, I do pray that your Holy Spirit would fill me as the preacher, each one of us as listeners. And God, I do pray that you do a great work in our hearts and lives. I recognize this morning the great need that I have, and that's you. And so God, I do pray that you'd help me, use me. I pray your people would be encouraged, strengthened, and challenged this morning as we face a storm together. And God, it's also my prayer that if there's one listening that does not know your son Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that today would be the day of their salvation. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In the name of your son Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Lessons while living in a storm. Maybe you've been in a physical storm of life, an actual wind a rain type of storm. I remember numerous years going up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and fishing uh, with my parents. And one of those times, more specifically, I remember fishing with my dad and a storm uh, arising on the lake that we were on. We had launched out earlier that day knowing that there was a potential uh, for bad weather. And while in the back of a cove, we started noticing dark clouds start rolling in. I remember my dad thinking 
and exclaiming to us, I believe we need to pack it up and go in. It was a little bit of a boat trip to get back to our vehicle and get back to the dock. And while on that boat trip, while, while we were heading, you could see literally the rain uh, in the water. Uh, a couple hundred yards away, you could see it as it began to get closer and closer and closer and closer until we were in it. I remember as uh, a young boy, um, just, just feeling a little different. Uh, there was a little bit of fear there. There was a little bit of unfor sure. I knew dad was in the boat and if dad was there, then everything was going to be okay. But it did cause fear. And let me say, uh, I believe many of us, even this morning, feel like we are in a storm. Uh, as a nation and as a church, we've walked into uncharted territory, uh, an unforeseen trial that you and I can definitely call a storm. And not only for our church, a church, but also for our nation and for our world. I want you to notice a few things this morning by way of our passage. The disciples find themselves in a storm. We see and read their feelings and we see and read the answer uh, to those feelings. And I do pray uh, that God's word this morning would be an encouragement and a help to you. Look there with me again at verse number 35. And the same day when even was come, he, being Jesus, saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent the multitude away, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And first of all, this morning, I'd like you to, to note that the disciples started sailing. They started out in the boat that day out of obedience. Who asked them to get into the boat? It was Jesus. It was Jesus. Now, don't let the truth slip by. Jesus Christ had a lesson for them to learn that day. Christ had a trial that he was about to take them through. There was a truth that he wanted them to find. And there was a miracle that he wanted them to be a part of, to witness. We would never see the miracle at the end of the story if it wouldn't have been for the obedience of the disciples at the beginning of the story. And let me say this morning, some will never see victory. They'll never see the miracle because they refuse to get in the boat and to set sail with Christ. Some will never see victory in their marriage because they will not sail in obedience. Some will never see victory in their finances because they will never sail with Christ in obedience to Scripture. Some will never overcome addiction because they will refuse to set sail with Christ out of obedience. And some will never see a miracle of a changed life and God to reach into their family because they refuse to set sail, to step out into the boat with Christ. I never want to say that I missed out on a miracle that Christ had for me because I would not obey him. God has a miracle, a blessing, a victory for you, but you must obey. You must get in the boat. There was a story that one day you are going to tell because you obeyed Christ. 
First of all, I find that they started sailing out of obedience. Look there with me at verse number 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. So now it was full. I want you to notice, second of all, the storm came while they were obeying. We look at the storm uh, said here was a great storm of wind. Uh, We know the waves were high to the extent that they were beating the ship. They were rocking the boat. And it even tells us uh, there at the end so that it was now full. Could you imagine that type of storm? I know I couldn't. I remember uh, being in the boat, and I've shared this story with you as a church uh, a few times now, being a boat on the Pacific Ocean fishing with Mark Davis and Pastor Mutchler. And I remember being out there as uh, before we even set sail, they had uh, closed this uh, spot to put in and they'd closed this spot to put in. And we finally uh, got to a place where they would allow us to launch out and allow us to go out into the ocean. And, and there we were in the middle of the ocean and the swell of the waves as the boat would go down into the swell. There was a wall of water all the way around. And I thought, Mark Davis is not only going to kill me, but he's going to kill the pastor as well. I remember the fear. I remember just being in uh, that storm. Here, I was just trying to enjoy a fishing trip with a few friends. I was going to die. I want you to notice the storm came while they were obeying. Many people have the idea that storms come into their lives Only when they've disobeyed God. But let me say to you today that that's not always the case. Now, Jonah ended up in a storm out of disobedience. But we find the disciples here in the book of Mark in a storm because they obeyed. Did Jesus know that the storm was coming? Absolutely. Of course he did. The storm was part of that day's curriculum. It would help them, the disciples, understand a lesson that they would not have learned outside of that day's curriculum or this storm. They needed to learn that Jesus can be trusted even in the midst of a storm. Maybe you've faced and are facing a storm of sorrow. It has nothing to do with disobedience. It's the curriculum for your life right now. Maybe you are feeling uh, and you've been through storms of sickness. It's the curriculum. Whether it's cancer or or, uh, something else... You have been obedient. You you have lived as a Christian, yet you find yourself in a difficult situation. You find yourself in hardships. I look at our country and the hardship that this COVID-19 is bringing and will bring. We are in a storm. We're in a trial. I don't believe because we've necessarily been disobedient. It could be curriculum for you and I as believers. Today, I do believe we're learning lessons we could never learn without this virus and without this pandemic situation we find ourselves in. 
I believe many of us will learn what fear is and how to face it with faith. Many of us are learning what real hope is. You know, I'm learning how important the church is and how much I miss God's people gathering together and the fellowship that we have together and the love we share together as a church family. It's just not the same like this. And I, be, I do believe that as we exit the storm, as we leave uh, this, this thing that we're going through, that we're going to have a greater appreciation. I know I'm going to have a great appreciation. It's not easy to preach to a camera lens. Uh, I, I love seeing your expressions. And even those who sleep every now and then, I'm missing this morning your eyes being closed during my message. There's things that God would have us learn. We find ourselves in a storm. And the disciples found themselves in a storm, not out of disobedience. Where was Jesus in all of this? The Bible says there in verse number 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. Jesus was taking a nap. He was not worried. And let me say this morning, COVID-19 does not worry Christ. The coronavirus does not scare God. He knew exactly what this trial was going to be. He knew exactly what we were going to face here in our nation. Nothing frazzles God. God doesn't get worried or nervous or fearful in the midst of a storm. Though the storm in your life might have you fearful, God is not afraid. Though the storm in your life may have you feeling uh, hopeless, let me say God does not feel that. With God is great hope. Reminded in Isaiah chapter 26, verse number 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You and I can have the same peace that Christ had there that day if our faith was planted in him, if our trust, if our focus was on the Savior, not on the storm. Jesus was sleeping, the disciples were not Look with me at their response, verse number 38. And he was in the hindered part of the ship, asleep on the pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I want you to notice this. Fourth of all, fear came in the middle of doing what God asked them to do. Fear came in the middle of doing what God asked them to do. Now, there was at least three good reasons why they should not have been afraid. First, Jesus there in verse number 35 promised that they would get out and go over to the other side. Second of all, Christ was with them. They had already seen unbelievable miracles. Christ was with them. They were not going to die while Jesus was there in the boat with them. And then let her see the fact that Jesus was sleeping. 
He wasn't nervous. He, he wasn't afraid. He was in perfect peace, but not them. They were still afraid. How do we know? Verse number 40. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And you know, that's exactly what fear does in our lives. You see, if we're not careful, our fear cripples our faith. It gets us to focus on outside surroundings rather than focus on the Savior. It gets us to look down at the circumstance instead of looking up to God. It fixes uh, on a great need rather than fixing our eyes on a great God. You see, fear produces faithlessness instead of faithfulness. And unfortunately, I believe far too many Christians, they bail out because of fear before the blessing comes. Maybe you're afraid today. Maybe you're unsure of what's around the next corner. So many Americans are living from one announcement to another announcement. And I understand. But if you're a believer this morning, you have at least three good reasons, at least three good reasons to not be afraid. Number one, God is with you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love what Psalm 27, verse number one says, David writes, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You have nothing to fear this morning because God is with you. You have nothing to fear because God is in control. There in Daniel chapter two, verse number 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. Ah, oh, Christian, we must understand God is with us. And my friend, God is in control. But not only that, if you're a believer this morning, your eternity is settled. Heaven is your eternal home. Uh, there's no, there shouldn't be no fear. Uh, here on earth, we know where we're going. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6, the passage that is used uh, to comfort so many. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse number eight, we are confident. And I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful truth for a Christian? When we do die, we know for sure where we're going. There, there's nothing to fear. Our eternity is settled. Now this morning, if your eternity is unsettled, if you don't know for sure that you'd spend uh, eternity in heaven 
with Christ, I could understand that fear. And I pray this morning you'd place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Look there with me at verse number 38, Mark 4. And he, being Jesus, was in the hindered part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And notice what happens. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Number five, this morning, I see the response was to get the master. And if there is anyone who could do anything about the situation the disciples found themselves in, it was Jesus. It was Christ. Is it wrong to question what God is doing? Is it wrong to have doubt in God's plan? I think of Abraham and Sarah. They questioned God. Gideon questioned God. God, are you sure you could use me? David at times questioned God. It could have asked a lot of things, but I want you to look at the question the disciples asked the master. Master, carest thou not that we perish? My friend, you may question his timing. You may question God's plan. I, I know I have at times. But don't question God's character. Don't question God's love. He loves you. Don't question His grace. Don't question His mercy. And my friend, don't question whether He cares about you or not. God cares about you. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Of course he cares. Casting all your care upon him, for he, being Jesus, careth for you. Frank Graff wrote, Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press, and the cares distress, and the way grows weary and long. And then he writes, Oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, and the long nights dreary, I know, I know, my Jesus, my Savior, cares. While they were in the ship, or why were they in the ship? They stepped out in obedience. While they were obeying, what rose up? A storm. What was their initial response? Fear. But then, they went and got the Master. Let me say, as we walk through a storm, as we walk in this trial, the best thing that you and I can do is to go to Jesus. The best thing we can do is to spend time in prayer. The best thing 
you and I can do is find our prayer closets. If there's anyone that's going to be able to do anything about the situation that we find ourselves in, my friend, it is God. I notice number six, because of this, because of their prayer, they experienced a miracle. Look there with me at verse number 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. My friend, the disciples saw an incredible miracle. And let me say this morning, there's a miracle available for you. Verse number 41, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know what they said? Whoa! Wow, I can't believe this. Look, look what Jesus just did. Look what we just got to experience. He has power over the wind. He has power over the waves. Wow! And then my, my friend, if, if you will go to Christ in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your difficulty, let me tell you, you can see a miracle through him. They had a story to tell. Why? Because they sailed with Christ that day. Those who sail with Christ will learn a few lessons along the way. As I close this morning, let me say this. Those who sail with Christ must expect some storms. You've been in them. After COVID-19 is done, there'll be more storms to go through. You and I must expect storms in life. And let me also say number two, those who sail with Christ may even question the master. God, are you sure about this? God, God, what about this over here? God, have you looked at my bank account lately? God, uh, can, can we really handle this? God, what, what about my job? If we'll run to the master, then let me tell you this morning, those who sail with Christ must expect to experience his power. There are great miracles ahead for you. I do believe this trial is going to allow us to see God's hand in a way we've never seen it before. I believe we'll see answers to prayer we've never seen before. I, I, I believe we'll see God's healing like we've never seen before. There's a storm for us, but Jesus is in the boat. If we'll go to him, we can experience great, great miracles from him. There's a miracle for you. Will you have faith to trust him in the storm that you're facing this morning? Now, before we go, let me extend an invitation to our church family. Are you in a storm? Have you talked with the Lord? Are you fearful? Jesus cares. Jesus loves you. There'll be a story to tell if you'll live by faith. There'll be an answer to talk about later if you'll pray. 
And maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. I pray this morning you'd place your faith in Christ. God loves you. God cares about you. He sent his son to die for you. Would you today place your faith in him? Father, we love you and thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege today to open up your word. Thank you for the opportunity to see these disciples in this storm. And God, I pray that as we face the storm, as we face the curriculum that you've laid out for us, that we would see your mighty power. May we run to you in faith instead of be crippled by fear. And Father, may we experience great miracles because of our faith in you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In your son Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for taking time to join us as we opened up God's word together this morning. Looking forward to what God has in store for you and for our church here in the future. Wanted to take a moment to remind you how much my wife and I love you uh, and how much we miss you and being around you. We look forward to the day that we can be back in God's house together, fellowshipping with one another. Wanted to remind you we're praying for you. We love you. We care about you. And looking forward to what God does in our hearts and lives during this time. If there's anything you need, we would love to communicate uh, and uh, be a part of it. Uh, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you need encouragement, I'd love to take a phone call and encourage you. Uh, if you need strength, I'd love to open up God's word together with you. Uh, at the end of these announcements following, uh, there'll be ways to contact me and uh, get a hold of our church staff. And once again, looking forward to what God does in our hearts and lives at this time. I want to encourage you, during this time, spend more time with God. I believe many of us probably need to set our phones down and turn our TVs off just a little bit more to get alone and to talk with our Heavenly Father. Second of all, tell somebody about Jesus. So many people are looking for answers. They're looking for hope at this very unsettling time. You and I have hope. A hope that's only found in Jesus Christ. Take time this next week to share that hope. And if you get an opportunity, we'd love to have you tune in uh, for our video at 6 o'clock this evening. God bless you.